0: Hi listeners, thank you for tuning again on this podcast which focuses on small stories from Ramayana that give us a new perspective and the way we see things. So in the previous podcast, we tried to understand why Ram was the hero. Here obviously, let's move on to our next question and understand why is Ravan the villain? They say if we see the villain from the eyes of a hero, he is all black, a dark evil person with no good qualities whatsoever, who deserves to rot in hell. For example, a bad boss, a bad mom-in-law, or a jealous best friend, etc, etc. If someone asks us how these people are, naturally our description for them is all black. The arrogance, the rudeness, selfishness, manipulation and other qualities. But these villains of our lives are flesh and blood human beings heroes for someone else's life. For example if someone asks our boss's 10 year old son, how is your father? What do you think will be the description? Let's take example from history as well. Here is the country USA in the Second World War that did nuclear bombing on Japan. The bloodiest, scariest and the worst attack one can do on his enemy. Here's the United Kingdom whose atrocities on its colonies is no news. Thousands died in Bengal famine and Winston Churchill ordered that all Indian rice should be exported to Britain. For its nuclear reactors, Britain tested them on Indian soldiers who were burnt completely or partially and received no compensation. All these news are hushed off, put under the carpet and we see glorious america fighting the villainous nazis in the hollywood movies again history doesn't decide its heroes writers of the history do so let's move back to our story was ravan the villain and is it necessary to see everybody in total black or total white mode does anybody exist on this planet who have only total black or a total white mode We have heard so many debates about Ravan. The first one being, Ravan never touched Sita, though he kidnapped her. The second one being, he did all for his sister. He was such a loving brother. The other one that I have frequently heard is, he was such a big devotee of Shiva, very intelligent, learned scholar. He was living a good life. It was just one tiny mistake that led him to the grave. Hmm. Let's destroy the first argument right before we begin. The fact that he never touched Sita against her wish. He is so decent. Just imagine a girl, a daughter, our sister, getting kidnapped, tortured to marry the kidnapper against her will, hungry, crying, weeping, and finally wishes to die. Hey, but we will tell the cops not to arrest the kidnapper. Technically. The kidnapper didn't touch her against her wish. So he's a nice, decent guy. Good enough candidate for an arranged marriage proposal. How's the guy? Filthy rich. Kingdom of gold. Well-settled. Intelligent. Ten heads, you see. Devotional. Believes in culture and kidnaps girls, but doesn't touch them. Okay, we agree. He was a villain in this matter. But what about his education? He was a scholar. His devotion, his bhakti, wasn't he a good king? There's a tiny, tiny story mentioned that when Hanumanji entered Lanka, he was baffled by its prosperity. He saw that the commonest of common man over there was rich and ate in plates of gold. The women were happy, free to do whatever they wish, free to dress up the way they want. He, for a second, was so marvelled by the beauty that he says, had Ravan not kidnapped Mata Sita, I would have considered this man a hero. Here is Ravan, an educated, well established, brave ruler. When the Devtas had won against the Asuras, the Asuras had faced a lot of humiliation. That gave birth to Ravan, who then avenged their humiliation and made all the Devtas his slaves. So he had unlimited prosperity and unlimited power. He was truly a hero. Then again, what made him a villain? Let's not beat around the bush and go back to the story that we may have heard about Surpanakha and Ravan. Surpanakha was Ravan's sister, as we know, and she proposed an alliance to Ram, which Ram denied. And so did Lakshman. Lakshman, in his anger, cut Surpanakha's nose. She now wanted revenge for the humiliation and she believed that it all happened because of Sita. She rushes to Ravan's court and narrates the atrocities of Ram and Lakshman. Ravan's blood boils, but he is still unmoved, not knowing what to do. Shurpanakha wants a befitting revenge, so she tries her hand at truth first. She tries to show Ravan the reality that he is far away from. Your spies did not inform you that Ram and Lakshman have created a havoc in the forest? What kind of a leader are you? You don't even know that thousands of your soldiers have died. You are here busy, intoxicated and have surrendered yourself to lust, surrounded by beauties all day. You don't even know what is happening in your own kingdom. When a king surrounds himself with sycophants and not well-wishers, Their fall looks inevitable. You are not even realizing that you are so intoxicated that you are only exhibiting your weaknesses. There is a crack in your empire. These words made Ravan furious. A continuously successful man is allergic to criticism. When a man is powerless, he is forced to be kind. Give him power and he shows his true nature. He doesn't need to bow down to anybody because he doesn't need anything from anyone. People have to listen to him. It's his choice that matters. He roared at Shurpanakha and said, no matter how great your pain is, you have no right to talk to Ravan like that. I have won everything and have everything that one can even dream of. Shurpanakha knew this was not the right way to tackle him if she wanted things out of him. And if you want a proud man to work for you, Don't show him the mirror. Manipulate him. A proud man invites all the manipulators and shuns away all the well-wishers. Wasn't Ravan digging his own grave? Shurpanakha knows which weak nerve to press. She particularly mentions Sita's beauty. Sita's thighs and Sita's eyes. She keeps describing Sita's beauty till Ravan's eyes are filled with lust. Here we come to know what kind of a man he was. Ravan was so lustful that if he saw a woman and he liked her, he would force himself upon her. He had abducted, exploited all the beauties he ever came across. He had more than a thousand concubines. Many devtas who were scared of Ravan would get their daughters married to him against their wishes. Shurpanakha used this lust of his brothers and described Sita's beauty. Immediately Ravan decided to take a revenge for his sister's humiliation. He tried to force himself upon Sita as well. But he remembered that he was cursed by a saint. That he ever forces himself on a married woman who is really devoted to a husband, then he will burn into ashes. So his love for himself was so high that he didn't want to risk. What if the Brahmin's curse becomes true and he actually burns into flames? That is the reason Ravan did not touch Sita, yet he could not forget the beauty. So he ordered that Sita be tortured in any way so that Sita agrees to marry him. This is no sign of a hero, isn't it? One more story, those were the days when the battles were dictated by strict rules and one of them was that the battle should be fought only from sunrise to sunset. After sunset, when the soldiers would lie on the battlefield injured or dead, Ram would go and nurse their wounds irrespective of the side that they are fighting from. Ravan, on the other hand, would be in his palace taking toll of the number of deaths from his ministers. During the war, Ravan played a master game. He used black magic and showed Sita chopped heads of Ram and Lakshman. He thought once Sita feels Ram is dead, Sita will fall for him and marry him. When the king's army is dying for him, the king was bothered to use black magic and woo a woman to fulfill his lust. One may argue that he had fallen in love with Sita. But if someone falls in love with a woman's physical beauty, is it called love? Ravan sent his spies to Ram's cantonment. The spies were caught by the Vanar Sena. Ram didn't give them any punishment and let them go. The spies felt humiliated with this act of kindness. They went in Ravan's chambers and mentioned that Ram was indeed great. Ravan chopped their heads for he couldn't bear the humiliation. As a father, he was hopeful that Meghnath will win the battle for him. But is it fair for any king to use national resources, public wealth, soldiers' lives and his own family, his sons and brothers for his own lust? His show, his greatness, his arrogance killed him long before Ram did. His lack of concern for his own masses made his enemies stronger. Why didn't he nip Ram's activity in the bud? His overconfidence gave Ram time to collect and make his own army, to cross the ocean, to find Sanjeevani, to kill Meghnath. His loved ones like pinaka used his arrogance for their own vengeance. When he was about to die, what was there with him? Nothing at all. He destroyed himself more than Ram did. Ram just hit the final bow. Let's look at ourselves and what kind of people have we surrounded ourselves with. What happens when someone really criticizes the way we behave? How do we take it? What kind of friends do we surround ourselves with? That is what decides how we behave, isn't it? Look at our country as well. Let's be a little harsh to our own selves and our civilization. We have been too proud of our ancient heritage, a heritage that was so scientific and modern a heritage that encouraged flow of ideas. Lord Krishna has said in Gita, how every yuk transpires change which is inevitable and that needs to be accepted. Yet, we hold dearly all the rituals without knowing the meaning. Our pride and vanity in our individual cultures lead us to a divide, where people like Shurpanakha can come and manipulate us. Even today, look at our voting patterns. It's based more on pride than on work. We are all immersed in our lives, so immersed that we have no responsibilities for anybody else. If we treat our brothers and sisters well, if Ravan treated Vibhishan well, would Vibhishan give away Ravan's secrets? Would there be any Shurpanakha trying to take advantage? When Ravan died, He blamed a lot of people, he blamed Vibhishan, he blamed the circumstances, he blamed the devtas that made a ploy against him. He blamed Ram was Vishnu and how could anyone win against Vishnu. That's why he failed. Just like us, we have the British to blame, the politicians to blame, the civil servants to blame. It is all a ploy against us, isn't it? Was Ravan the villain? He certainly was. He was the biggest villain for himself, more than Ram. Ram never considered him a villain. Ram considered him as a challenge in his journey. Had he not killed himself each day, he would be alive. Thank you so much dear listeners for listening to this podcast. Ravan's stories were not completely unheard for us and we did listen a lot that he had a lot of arrogance. It was this arrogance, this lust, this carelessness that led him down and yet my dear listeners, do we still want to make him a villain and paint him all black? Well, to each one his own. If you have liked this podcast and wish to send a cheering note, or if you wish to send in a feedback, do pop in an email on krishnathakkar61 at gmail.com. I repeat, krishnetha 61 at gmail.com. Please tune in to the next podcast. Till then, have a happy day. Bye-bye.